how's it going? This is Michael Regasta from the podcast A Means to an End. Uh, today, we're doing a very special Nerdtown USA episode. Um, I'm here with my new friend, um, Simon Miller, who is, I, I guess, Mike Allred's art rep. Um, but And we're just going to nerd out for a little bit about art, and we're going to bore all of you listeners who are regular listeners to the show who don't give a shit about comic art. Deal with it. This is what's happening deal with it <laughs> simon how's it going it's great michael how about yourself i'm good thank you for doing this with me no i really problem. do appreciate it um so i guess you know it, it's a very small community um the original art world um and we obviously have crossed paths several times whether it's because we have something that the other person wants usually it's i want what you have um <laughs> or whatever um but how did you get into this hobby to begin with so I grew up in London, um, that's where I'm from, and I would eventually, as I got older, I would venture into central London and I would go look at some really cool comic shops there. And one of them was one called Comic Showcase, and in their basement they had movie poster display racks, like little um, plastic sleeves, like kind of wall-mounted, you would just flip through and you would see, not posters, but actually comic artwork. So it was the first time I saw some no of way. that. And it kind of blew my mind that I could that you could do that, That's and nuts. Um, kind of looked at some things and saw you know I was in my mid-teens at that point probably so well beyond me but kind of you know kept every time I kept going back I kept looking, and then eventually I bought a couple of pages and I bought a piece of artwork off of eBay. Um, once I discovered eBay had some and I just kept on going. Um, do you remember what your first piece was like? What opened the door? There was a couple. Um, that I, that I know were the first, and I, I only have one of them, so I, I kind of call that one my first because the other ones are gone. But it was oh, a no. Mike Mignola The City page um, from, a, um, from a little anthology that he did, um, I think a Ray Bradbury uh, book. And then there was a Gary Frank Hulk page. Both of those wow. are gone. And then there was a John Bolton um, X-Men classic page with Wolverine in action. That one I still wow. have. Um, that one was an eBay purchase. The other two were from Comic Showcase. Are you good at letting go of stuff? Like, because so, um, it's hard with stuff like this. It's one of a kind. You may yeah. never, you know. Right. Um, I mean, yes. I mean, I, I've, I've sold a lot over my time in kind of collecting artwork, which I've been doing for about 20 plus years. So wow. for a good while now. And it, it kind of started from the idea, like I, I was just buying indiscriminately. I was buying whatever I saw, whatever kind of checked a box. Oh, it had this character or that character. But not really thinking what books I liked. No, okay, so you were reading a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was buying. Okay. That was the thing. I mean, basically, my first kind of purchases were just because it looked good. And then yeah. I realized what I really liked was the books, pages from the books that I liked by the artists I liked, from the stories I that I like. had memories of. Yeah. Um, so I kind of reeled myself in, and it meant that I had lots of stuff I didn't like so much. Um, so I sold some of that stuff off, and then kind of kept moving through. And so, yes, it was always hard to sell. It got harder to sell later on. The early stuff was just mistakes. Right. Some of it costly, some of it kind of break even. Um, but it was the, once I kind of worked it out, selling got harder because I, I was buying what I liked. So those things I yeah. did like, I just wanted to buy something else and I needed to make it work by selling it a sentimental thing to fund it. so fast. And it's like, yeah, I, I have a hard time with that. I get I get attached to things and I know that there are definitely things in my portfolio that will 
always be there. That no matter what happens, I don't think I'll be able to let go of them. Uh, my very, very, very first piece, like I remember going to cons and um, looking at this stuff and not buying it. And now when I think about the things that I passed on and like how crazy some of that stuff was, um, I mean, and even like the, you know, the jock Joker cover that's now famous. It's on all of the t-shirts and stuff like that. I had that in my hand at one point. Wow. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Um, but the, the one that I finally pulled the trigger on, I bought the cover of graphic music number four and it was just right place, right time, really lucky. I barely paid for it. Like it was, I mean, I don't just couldn't have been luckier and, uh, it just opened a, it was bad after right. that. It's just yeah. bad. There's definitely lots of luck. I mean, it's it, it's it's not really easy to say, I want this specific piece and then go mm. find it and then it be available to you. So right. yes, I think the, the golden rule is, or the thing that when I, again, when I kind of corrected was to work through, well, what's my wants list? What series did I, I like? What do I want a representation from? And then kind of work through that. I still Have strayed from chased? that because another thing came up that I wanted. Yeah, um, of course. But always. My my wife goes, it's always this and then another one. And when is it enough? But it's, you know, it's like they keep they keep making art. They keep making comics. I can't help this. Um, yeah. Do you do you have any pieces that you have chased forever that you either found or, or still haven't found? Like very so specific pages. There is a specific. I mean, the, 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 the term grail is thrown around, which is grail, supposed to yes. be. The idea, this is the one piece that you would make the ultimate sacrifice of selling many pieces or selling a car or whatever the thing is to, to chase it down. It's not... Do you own you don't a Grail? Have, sorry? Do you own a Grail yet? No, I mean, I, I own some very top quality pieces, but I don't really buy into that whole thing. There is one piece that's by Mike Allred that I would love above all others. And I'd asked Mike about it. It's gone. He offered to recreate it. I turned him down. I don't want to, yeah, I didn't want to do a copy of the image. Not, I wanted the thing. It's and I kind of nudged, as I've talked with people, I've asked, hey, do, I don't suppose you've got this. And I kept getting a no and no, no. And then I was emailing with an artist, uh, you know, a, a, a pretty notable artist. And I kind of happened to mention, I don't suppose you've got this, do you? And he said, yeah, I do. No and that way. was um, two years ago. So I, I only just found it. Um, Were but, you able to purchase it? No. It was given oh to him as a God. gift from Mike. Oh. That's um, the worst. That happens to me all the time. Yeah. Because <laughs> especially the way that Allred seems to work with all of these artists, whenever you find, like, you know, the, the cards, the trading cards and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, you know, I've got like one or two, um, but I've always, oh, I fell in love with the Terry Moore pinup where it's Joe wearing Madman's mm, costume yeah. and he's sitting in his underwear and they're just being adorable. Uh, I've always wanted it and I couldn't track it down for the longest time. And finally, Mike Allred raised his hand and was like, it's mine and you can't have oh. it. Yeah, he, he <laughs> owns pretty much all the trading card art. Yeah. I will tell you, I think I have the color guide to that. Really? I think I do. I'll a a Laura Allred color want. guide to it. Let's fight for it. Let's do it. Okay. I mean, I don't know how we do it right now. It's probably well, going to be a bit, mean, audio, bit weird for the audio. I'm polite. Not during the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's different. Then. <laughs> right after. Um, so yeah. So, so yeah. That's the one thing that's pretty close to a grail. I've got some things that are like super special. Um, Wait, what was it? What, what it was, was the grail? It was um, the the Mike Allred pinup from the first Batman Black and White um, miniseries oh, wow. that was done. It's like the issue one inside cover pinup. Um, wow. 
and it's Batman swooping down on some crazy looking um, scientist guy who's got like sticks of dynamite t- t- uh, taped around him and they're in a, an observatory. It's just great background, great image. It's really nice Mike style, very kind of curvy, um, fluid. Uh, he, Mike's had different periods, different stylistic sure. things. He's just experimented with, keeps evolving, changing, challenging himself. And this was for me like a real sweet spot um, along with his current stuff that I kind of hold really highly in, in regard. I love his early stuff too, like very early kind of finding his feet. But this was when he, I think he just found it. And then afterwards, yeah. he kind of has done those experimental things and tried different things. But this was really right up there early stuff. I was lucky enough to purchase what I, I think is my grail. Um, it's the Creatures uh, of the Id, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the page where he, he's getting shocked, you know, uh, turning into Madman. Um, I, got, I just got lucky on eBay and... I caught my wife in a good mood. <laughs> that's right. what happens. Um, so yeah, but that's like something that it's never gonna leave. It's gonna be here forever. Um, I like we did a trade recently, and even those pages that I wasn't super attached to, I still felt weird afterwards. Um, yeah. How did you end up working with uh, with Mike with Mike Allred? So I, you know, when I was kind of getting my feet and kind of working through that kind of wants list, what is it I want to get? Um, you know, Mike was one of those people. Um, I picked up a few pieces of his and I was messaging him, you know, do you have art to sell? And he kind of responded saying, no, I'm not selling my artwork. Really? And, then I, and I then messaged again, well, do you do, do commissions? No, I don't do commissions. And then I picked up a piece that was a commission, like a huge canvas piece, like an oversized wall mountable canvas really? piece. And I emailed him like, what's the deal with this? Is like, is this a thing? So basically I, I kept having this nice conversations with him and he can see that I was genuine and was looking to, 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 you know, to get stuff and appreciate. And I was sharing some things that I picked up, like, what's the deal with this? And he said, oh, it's an unpublished. I, this is why. And so we had these nice back and forth. And it was all very friendly. Um, and then, it, um, then he found a stack of artwork that he was looking to sell. And I bought um, a couple of pieces. And the noticeable thing, or maybe the only thing I bought, was the, the Winter's Edge wraparound cover he did which wow. I still have, and I've rebuffed many an offer to try and free it from me. Um, oh, my God. It's got, like, all these kind of Vertigo characters, including right. Death Central. Um, it's a really, really nice piece. Um, and he sold a few I'd other pieces. And then I offered, um, I can't remember what it was, if I offered it at that point, or I basically said, like, if you want help selling any of your stuff, I'm happy to do it. And because I think he'd, we'd had that rapport, we had those interactions over time. Um, so, yeah, that, that works. And um, Now, is that the I'm first missing, time There was actually a, missing a big detail. That? We did a he and I did a huge trade um, in the middle of that as well, where I no. got him a Kirby page, Kirby oh FF God. page. Um, Holy shit. And I got a complete issue of Madman plus some extra stuff in it. So we, we basically what? had this real kind of heavy Holy duty interactions crap, where he could see and understood me and I you know, felt good about doing something. No, and at that point, you just started a website and we're like, okay, I got to do this now. Like, or were oh. you already dealing a little bit or like how? I already had a website. That, I mean, this is before Comic Art Fans, like ComicArtFans.com. Right. That was before those were that kind of, there were gallery things. So people did have their own personal websites. So I created a GeoCities website Amazing. at that point that five people at any time could go to before it went down. I bet have... it looked great. I, it, oh, so good. Um, <laughs> so I'd, I'd had that to post my own artwork. Sure. Um, and I think eventually, yeah, I think when Mike and I had our agreement, I, I kind of create, I got, 
I got my domain of gotsuperpowers.com and I kind of made that a bit more legitimate. But I think I did even have my artwork kind of displayed there for a, a while. Um, this episode is brought to you by gotsuperpowers.com. <laughs> Um, um, but really, though, go there and buy art. It's awesome. Yes. It's so cool to um, – go on. I'm sorry. I don't no, so yeah. So I, I think um, – yeah, that was the, the – the, yes, I, I became more mature in the website and the, and the selling presence because I was work, you know, doing that for Mike, that I wanted to have a better way to display stuff. So, um, yeah, it just kind of naturally became a thing. And actually now the, the people that do comicartfans.com do my website, so it kind of works in a similar – Similar oh, way, really? whatever that's worth. Oh, neat. Very cool. I love that website. I love that community. It, I, yeah. I hang out on there. Um, I love being able to post my own gallery and everything. It's very, very cool. Go to comicartfans.com and check that out if you just want to look at some original art. Um, but you can, as a collector, post your whole gallery there. And you can have a store. There's all kinds of services they offer. It's really cool. Um, for us, it's it's the best. But, right. Um but yeah, so uh, what's your real life like? <laughs> my this... real life? Yeah, what's your real life like? Like you have kids and stuff and like uh, yeah. you work? I have two kids. I have work. I work for a company that does library ebooks and audiobooks. Um, oh, cool. For free, just a free app called, well, I feel like I don't, shouldn't keep doing plugs to things. Nah, go for um, it. Why wouldn't you? Sure. We do Libby, um, L-I-B-B-Y. Um, so it's a free app. Use your library card. As long as your library works with us, you can just borrow stuff for free. Um, that's awesome well your tax dollars are paying for it so it's it's right it's already there you might as well use, use it. it guys um, you're paying for it yeah so i'm no, I'm, a, I'm a product owner there i've been working there for 15 plus years um wow so been around a bit there um so yeah that's two really kids cool. a dog um live out in ohio for whatever reason that is um, which is where my wife's from that's why i'm here oh okay i was gonna ask if there <laughs> okay great wonderful um when did you come to the states uh, two, early why? 2003. Why? Be um, early 2003. And it was because I was always of the mind that I wanted to go live somewhere else for a while other than just London. Um, I ended up meeting my wife in Ohio and um, what decided... What were you doing in Ohio? <laughs> that's where she was from. I, I was visiting with a friend um, okay. and he had reason to be in Ohio. Um, so, it, you know... It's a longer story, but I don't want to go. I, we don't have to go through it, all that. But um, basically, that's why she, she's from here. We live a couple of towns over from where she is born and raised. Um, yeah. And we're, we're good. We're happy. Uh, there's no great, no yeah. intent to ever move to London or anywhere else. All right. So you live in the States now. You're, you're do. This is it. Awesome. Um, are there... Uh, do you do you rep any other artists or do you do you want to rep other artists like how what is is this sure. like how much of this is hobby and how much of is it you know so it's there's obviously a pleasure I, I do get immense pleasure from helping mike because i'm you know like you one of his biggest you know bigger fans um yeah as we dorkily say um so i uh, i like doing that i help him with lots of commissions i, I get a lot of fun with working with people to kind of draw out their ideas or give them ideas when they're talking about wanting to do something. Um, so I do cool. lots of commissions myself, so I'm kind of very well versed at that. So well, it's kind and of, you also probably know what Mike's going to respond to and what he's into. Yeah. I, if point, it's pop culture, it's great. If it's classic heroes, it's great. If it's anything in between, like someone had, um, Dr. Strange doing volleyball on the beach with some other characters and you know, that's, <laughs> that's perfect for Mike and other people want like a straight, um, 
cosmic battle perfect for mike you know it's perfect all these things and he's done a beatles commission and um with them on the ed sullivan show there's so many different things that he would jump at doing one of the best ones he did just recently was a um willy wonka um double double oh, size commission cool. so the normal originals are like 11 by 17 inches um this was a 22 by 17 so two pieces of wow. that board i bet he had a blast with it too yeah he went like crazy on it well, well above I'd and beyond to see it and then um laura colored it his wife colored it digitally and they so it comes with a one-to-one print um of Very that cool. so yeah i get lots of fun from that um i have sold for other artists over time um but not currently and i would i would mean, be happy to if it's an artist that i like and they're happy yeah. with the idea that um, I live in Ohio. I don't travel very much to conventions when we do go out in the world. All right, I guess that's post, important to some people. Post-COVID. Right. And I, I yeah. you know, so yeah, so I'm just basically based out in Ohio. I've definitely, as my kids have got older, my youngest is 10. Um, I definitely have more license to roam. So I do see post-COVID, post-normality returning. Um, I do see my, myself trying to branch out and go to drivable, maybe short flight kind of shows that aren't going to be an arm Listen, to set up at you, or be you, at. You got a place to stay when you come for the New York Comic Con. We'll have a good time. Sounds good. Um, yeah. Um, I actually have this really embarrassing story about Mike Allred. Um, I, uh, I found a number. I don't remember what it was on. It was like on an ad or something for something that he worked on or I don't know. Not to give too much away. Um, and I don't remember what I was trying to get out of this, but I remember I called the number. It was like on the back of a comic or something. And a woman answers the phone. She just says, hello. Just just like, you know, you would answer a house phone. And I go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is this Laura Allred? Oh, no. And it was. <laughs> I literally called. They, they're fucking house phone. <laughs> and I felt terrible about it i was like oh my god i'm so sorry i would never oh my god okay i'm gonna go and he emailed me like the next day and was really cool about it was like yeah no big shots we do all this ourselves and it was like wow unbelievable like i was young you know and i felt like an asshole <laughs> a big fucking asshole but you know what are they doing yeah <laughs> and they're, they're lovely people if, in fact when i first started emailing as I remember it now, I was actually emailing with Laura. Laura was one who was responding to me. Um, and then, so for whatever wonderful. reason, she I, I got past the Laura security and got to, to start <laughs> talking with Mike. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's funny. You know, we, we go back and forth on some stuff. We're trying to thrash some things out when we're working on a deal or something or whatever. And then we start talking about the commission option or whatever it is. And you get him on the, the, the topic and he just, you know, he'll give me like a almost a page in response to a thing because I've... I've got his juices going. There's a topic that he's into talking about and is just kind of free-flowing his thoughts. And it's... Um, really? Because usually yeah. you just get one word. You get dig. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that can be that. that absolutely. And, it, you know, you, there's a trick, I think, to any kind of email communication where you give someone the option to give a yes-no answer. You, you may be going to get a yes-no yes, no answer. Um, but if you if you word it just right, you kind of try and solicit the opinion and, and ask for thoughts. Are you okay with this? If this is what the way it works out to be, you could still get a yes, no, but often right. you'll get the like, no, and this is why I want you to, you know, he, he'll help me understand. And I then go back to the person and say, yeah, he said no. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Um, not to get into it, because I, I know we're not going to go very much longer, but real quick thoughts on NFTs, what's going on? 
How you feel? So it feels like there. I, I mean, I don't. I've not been following it too much. I know when, when you and I were first talking about it, and we were kind of like scratching heads. What on earth is this? Who on earth is spending such stupid amounts of money on a digital thing when they could own an actually hand touched kind of this unique thing? Yeah. versus a digitally created unique you know a digitally certified There's, unique you need it's coffee just stains so and fingerprints misaligned though. i i need i need coffee stains and fingerprints i need yeah. like i need the mess that comes with the production because it really sometimes is a mess and when it is it's like almost more special right and you can really tell that somebody did this now but with laura and you guys doing the commissions that you're doing, the way that you're doing them, it's almost perfect for the idea of do, doing an NFT. It's sure. So, I mean, yes, it's it's that one-on-one. -on -one, like the, I know some artists do like they work digitally and they sell mono prints, which again okay. holds no appeal to me because it's still no, just a print. Either. I don't I don't go in for prints at all. I, I I'm a I very laser focused anybody. on original artwork. That's what I like. Yeah. And I think me yeah, too. you're absolutely right to say like it's the the imperfections that show the artist handled this and this was used in the printing process. And yes. when you look at older stuff, sometimes it shows the, in the production process, they had the original on some printing light press and use a knife to cut it free. So there's like wonky cuts to it, yeah. which is part of the appeal and charm. Yeah. Um, but you and I can say that obviously having handled and appreciated it and knowing that's the, the, the appeal what we're seeing, I think, with NFTs is people who don't appreciate, who don't have that appeal. There's no crossover for a guy who buys original artwork like you and I do right. and wants they that tangible original. Yeah. They aren't going to be buying an NFT because no one gets it in, in our world. It's no. a different kind of collector who may have looked at us back in the day when they were buying comics and we were buying original artwork. Why would you spend so much money on this one thing when I could buy 50 of this? Yeah. I mean, they, I'm sure, are kicking themselves now. I just don't yeah. feel we're going to kick ourselves in 20, 30 years that we didn't buy this digital yeah, like, what do you, thing. What do you think the future of, very specifically, original comic art, the way that you and I deal in it, what is the future of this hobby? Like, are, are we an artifact of another time? Um, <laughs> I don't know that we're an artifact of another time. I mean, I think we're, we're buying from nostalgia for the most part. We obviously artists today do there's a plenty of artists who do make um artwork today that's a lot more affordable than they are from the 80s and 90s which is like going crazy in price um mm -hmm. and is becoming very inaccessible to us normal folks um so you can definitely pick up pieces for 100 and 200 if you look and if you're willing to not buy an you know an 80s x-men page um so i think the future for us is is pretty difficult as we want if you do want to buy those older things because it's it's hard to compete when there are yeah. uh, guys who are our age, younger, who've got very well-paying jobs with lots of uh, discretionary income and you know, no wife, no kids necessary to, to compete That's with. The or they do, but they earn so much money that it's not even a, a thing. Yeah. Um, so I think it's there. I mean, I hope the price is correct, that there is a normalization, like a drop in things, but I don't know that that's really going to happen because I think the people buying don't need to sell they won't they could lose interest and it could go yeah. for less than they paid but i think that's the that's always been a thing there's always been someone who comes in hot buys lots of stuff and then moves out but those are those are rarities really again people are buying and then they're, they're just not selling so um, i think it's here to stay i think it's still niche i think it's just grown a lot because of some of the things going on um some dealers are doing, or reps are doing a very good job of promoting their artists and creating new awareness and, and, and a lot of demand. 
Um, so I think we're here to, to stay. Is, is there a digital artist that you wish would just fucking put something on paper already, though? Um, <laughs> there definitely are some artists. Like, I've, I follow quite a few different artists on Instagram. And then I get very dis- very sad when I realize that they show a video of the art they created and I realize it's digital. Or they tag it with a, a Adobe, whatever, a Procreate mm-hmm. or a whatever manga studio they're working in. It kind of kills me a bit. Carl Kershaw, yeah. um, who does Isola, um, he does digital now. Um, and I like <sighs> his art stuff a lot um i have a few but originals he switched from him to digital right he just switched to digital a few years back i know is so all digital and i think some stuff before that is similarly digital so there are some pieces some of his earlier stuff which probably yeah. isn't as mature and as good as the stuff is now because he's the artist he is now you know his his storytelling is really good and his sense of movement is is great um i definitely recommend that because like two volumes for it for right now and i really like it awesome I remember when they came out with the press release for Saga, I emailed Fiona Staples like the minute that they put the first image up. Like I knew I was the, I was the very first person to reach out to her about art. And uh, she said she did, did does all the art digitally. And I was like, oh, no. And that was before I had read a page of it and yeah. knew how special it was, you know, and it's just heartbreaking to know that there are no pages that exists for that fucking book and it yeah. sucks so much but now things are going to change who knows like she might do nfts and start selling saga who the fuck knows yeah it's going to be really interesting to see from from that that set of artists people like mike d Allenis, who's you know working on good books that you can't buy art from it's it's uh it's kind of a bummer but yeah. i hear you know with when i ask certain artists okay well do one page and i'll i'll buy it and you get well, I'm, I'm not as good or, or, or like, or I won't make, make deadlines or this is how I'm comfortable and it won't look like the rest of the book. There are all these different things now once you're, it's their style now, you know, and right. it's the, the, the book has to look like the book. So I get yeah. it. It's just. Right. And I, I, I messaged Carl about the Isola thing and said the same kind of thing. And he seemed interesting. You know, he's like, that's interesting. You know, and again, it's, I think he can, his original art style matches his digital style. So he could do it. It's just, you know, I'm guessing it does digital because it's quicker. It's, you know, simple to make corrections versus on the original where you're kind of committed or to make corrections, it's going to be awkward and you don't like doing it. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think they do it digitally just for for the speed of it and the the ability to do the things that digital provides. And they do it knowing they're kind of giving up that potential income that, you know, you get paid for the book and then you can sell the original that you used to in the production for it. I always looked at it as like they were leaving half of their paycheck, you know, and I mean, I, I hope that for those artists that NFTs end up being a good thing and they end up being able to make money that they deserve to make and everything. It's just distressing for somebody who's so immersed in the yeah. traditional hobby. Um, are you an artist? No, no, I'm no. not. Do you wish you I, were though? Like a little bit? No, I'm, I've got no talent in that way. Um, I, I think I like to think of myself for my job as well. I'm a problem solver. So this kind of gets into the idea of ideas. And when, that's why I've got lots of commissions. I've, I've worked, I try and work very kind of interesting. At least I, to me, I think they're interesting. Like kind of concepts and give, give a, sometimes I ask for very simplistic things when I do a commission. And sometimes I'm asking for something that I think fits and does well. Um, I have a pretty cool commission in the works that kind of fits that, uh, Who's that bill. With? Um, it's a very it's a silver surfer orientated piece, and I don't want to say too much more. I'll I'll share with you um, 
when I have it in hand, but okay. it should be pretty spectacular. Um, Wonderful. Um, did, did you say who the artist is? I didn't. You're right. You won't. You're trying not to. You're you're purposely not telling me. Purposely okay. not telling. All me. right. All right. I've seen your gallery, Simon. I I, <laughs> I can't I can't even handle like you have a James Jean section. Fuck so, you, man. So this this kind of mirrors <laughs> your your um, Fiona Staples saga thing. So obviously I've been collecting for a while and. Yeah. I would read books and I would reach out to people when I saw their work or I read, you know, and I, mm -hmm. I got in early with James Jean. I saw his yeah. stuff really early. I, um, and I reached out and I got, a I got two commissions from him. Wow. Um, before he, you know, and he didn't, he probably didn't do that many commissions during his comic book time. So it's incredible. Yeah. Amazing. Like, like really amazing. That's one of those things where, you know, you, you, I, I kick myself for not being involved in the hobby sooner. And, you know, obviously knowing that it was pointing that way, but never realizing that, like, oh, maybe I could afford this if I just, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, and it, yeah, this is a, This is the thing, and this is probably the best advice for anyone who might be thinking about doing it, is obviously, again, the idea of, like, those 80s, 90s things, the things that so many other people want, that's a really hard place to be and a lot of money to be. Mm -hmm. But people like James Jean or others were affordable at one point. Yeah. So it's the same kind of thing. If you're reading comics today and there's an artist you like... Pay attention. It kind of goes yeah. the idea of don't buy a Van Gogh, buy a starving artist today, kind of patronize right. them and give them the money. So there are people doing Kickstarters that do some interesting stuff. Um, there's yeah. a guy called Jake Smith who keeps doing a really um, you know, fun book. He keeps you know, self-publishing. It's called, um, I think it's Blood Force Trauma. Um, he, he, the campaign for issue three just finished, but you can buy an original packet and get an original page of artwork for a hundred bucks. That's great. So it's, you know, it's, you've got to find it and it appeals to you, but those things are out there and you can get new guys who are doing DC and Marvel books in the same way. You just gotta be willing to do it. Um, yeah. Find a thing that you that like. You, I think if you, exactly. If you buy what you like, um, I mean, that's, I've always had a lot of really good luck with that. When I'm reading a book and I see something that, that jumps at me or something like that, I'm looking up the artist. I'm looking up their original art before I finish reading the issue a lot of the time. And if you, you know, grab some of these dudes when they're up and coming, a lot of them are very accessible. The internet is an incredible place for this. Like, you know, we weren't, we didn't have Twitter when right. we were first reaching out to these people on, you know, America Online or right. whatever. Um, but it's, it's amazing. And you, you can, you can find these really, really talented people who nobody knows about yet, but they will. Right. And um, yeah, I've had a lot of luck like that. Um just buy what you like. Right. Uh, anyway, Simon, I'm not going to keep you much longer, but uh, where can the people find you on the internet? Where can they find your galleries and your and buy original art from you? So I'm on um, gotsuperpowers.com is where they can go buy artwork or talk about a commission from Michael Red. Um, and then I'm on Instagram as at SmilingSci. And then I think it's the same thing on Twitter, um, at SmilingSci. Um, I don't tweet very much i probably like things um and then instagram is personal stuff and sometimes i post a bit of artwork i'm on comic art fans as well but it's probably a bit harder to find me there um it's under simon m but there's a few other simon m's there i'm the one with lots of michael red artwork <laughs> right yeah i think you have your logo on there the god yes. superpowers logo. right yeah. so look for that um, you can find me on there too. My gallery is just under Michael Vergasta. Uh, you can find me on all of the other things at Michael's Crisis. Uh, go to nerdtownusa.com to buy original artwork 
and collectibles our ebay store right now just nerdtown is doing a 20 percent off sale if you want to go buy collectibles that helps me a whole lot um look for our other episodes we're doing snack size sods for invincible on amazon prime we're doing the falcon and the winter soldier on disney plus and regular episodes every friday it's a means to an end simon thank you so much for doing this with me i really appreciate it we should do it again and you know maybe attack nfts in like two years when we <laughs> actually know what the fuck any of it is sounds good but you're welcome Michael. thank you so much okay. all right great man all right. Bye. i'll talk to you soon see you later a means to an end is a podcast produced by nina sclafani and michael regasta engineered and mixed by andrew sclafani with original weekly theme songs composed and recorded by andrew sclafani like us on facebook and rate us on itunes Brought to you by NerdTownUSA.com. Use offer code MEANPODCAST for 15% off your whole order.